0: That's right. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Miller, my draft insider extraordinaire in just a second on the Goodyear Hotline as we are super busy on this Friday. I want to run through where we've been here. See, you need to hang out the whole two hours. I need you to just be with me for these two hours because you miss a lot. So we opened this morning with the words, you're welcome after I gave you Justin Rose to lead the Masters after one round at 55 to one. Guy called me from Buffalo and said, He had it at 66-1, to and we went to cash in his ticket. There was a guy behind him who also had it because he was listening on this program. Boy, did that make me feel good. That was about the best thing that anyone has ever called me and said, at least in a very long time. And then we spent a lot of our first hour talking about Instant Replay. And my very simple belief, and I'll do this a little bit later this hour as well, that we don't need less of it. We just need to get it right. We don't need to get rid of it. We just need to stop doing it wrong. We have turned instant replay into something it was never meant to be. It is very simply the use of technology to correct egregious errors. This was brought on by a call of the Mets and Marlins game yesterday, but it applies to absolutely everything. And it frustrates me when I see people con- using that sort of conflating all these different items. Well, it slows down the pace of the game. But no, it doesn't have to do any of that. Instant replay doesn't do that. The way we have chosen to adopt instant replay in all of our sports does a lot of bad things. But the use of technology to to correct egregious errors in sporting events is in and of itself a good thing, and no one will ever convince me I'm wrong. We'll do more of that as this hour continues. Meanwhile,
1: so you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Draft prep.
0: Well, it is my honor to be the host for ESPN of the first two nights of the NFL Draft are coming up now. We're less than three weeks away, and we have hired this guy, Matt Miller, who just does such a terrific job. He tweets at NFL Draft Scout, and normally my draft prep here on the radio is me telling you things that I know. But today, I'm going to use this as my draft prep by asking questions to Matt, who joins me here on the Goodyear Hotline. Hello again, Matt.
2: Good to talk to you again, Greeny. We're spending so much time together lately, and I love it.
0: Well, me too, and 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 because really, you are the goods here. And so let let me go through a couple of what I think are really interesting questions. We've spent a lot of time. I can hear the audience basically saying, Greeny, we get it. There are five big quarterbacks in this draft. We have some idea of where they're all going. We've covered that enough. So let's cover some other stuff. Let's tell some folks some things they may not otherwise know. All right, we'll start with quarterbacks, but not the ones everyone's talking about. There is a team in this draft, the Chicago Bears, that I think would desperately love to get a quarterback that could help them immediately. They are picking at 20. So the likelihood of them moving up to get one of the five quarterbacks whose name everyone knows, I think, is very unlikely. So the question is, is there a quarterback in this draft who is likely to be available at the 20th pick or perhaps sometime later, second round, third round, whatever the case may be, who you believe is ready to step in and help an NFL team starting immediately. Yeah, I
2: think there are three names. And like you said, we've we've gone at length about the big five quarterbacks in this class. So we can move on from them because they won't be there at twenty. So I think you start with Florida's Kyle Trask. He is a Heisman finalist. He threw forty three touchdowns last year. He's six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He isn't the most mobile, but he's accurate. He's very good when the pocket's clean. So he has a lot of the tools that you like where you say, okay, the Chicago Bears – Andy Dalton's going to be the quarterback for 2021, most likely the whole season. Kyle Trask doesn't have to play right away, but coming out of Dan Mullen's offense at Florida, I actually think he is ready to get out there and play immediately. After him, you get into a conversation of some guys who have very, very opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of experience. Kellen Mond was a four-year starter at Texas A&M. For Jimbo Fisher, he's a very good athlete. He's six foot two, two hundred five pounds, has a very, very strong arm the questions there are inconsistency he wasn't very productive you can watch him make a jaw-dropping throw and then he'll do something you want to pull your hair out so he's incredibly inconsistent the hope is that you can coach that out and then davis mills at stanford who was a five-star recruit way back in the day everyone wanted him he goes to stanford gets hurt there he's only played 13 games over the last two years so there's a lot of question about inexperience but the traits are tempting enough that a team like chicago uh, the the Pittsburgh Steelers, New Orleans Saints, there are enough teams in round two that I think we see these three quarterbacks go in that area.
0: I do, too. But hold on a second, because let's not mix them together to that point. There were two different kinds of teams that could be taking quarterbacks at that point. There's the ones like Chicago, which is why I specifically meant someone who could play immediately. Then there mm-hmm. are your Pittsburgh's or New Orleans, your others that might that have the luxury of saying, I'll take a guy and I will stash him. I will develop him over a year or two. To me, that guy is Davis Mills uh, from Stanford. Again, for people who don't yep. know who he is, and you just touched on him briefly, he was the number one recruit in the country the year he came out of high school. He's from the state of Georgia. Georgia wanted him. Alabama wanted him. He winds up going to Stanford through a combination of injury and then you know, COVID stuff. He's only started 11 games. But when you look at the measurables and you look at the arm and you look at his ability to run and you watch a little bit of the tape to me, Matt, this guy seems like if you develop him, he could he could have as much upside as any quarterback in the entire draft.
2: Oh, absolutely. And what's crazy is we don't see the draft and develop quarterbacks anymore because you draft a quarterback, you play them early or there's uh you know even like Mac Jones this year guys who would normally be late first early second round for a lot of teams they go top 10 now it's just Trey Lance Justin Fields whoever you want to throw into that mix so i think Davis Mills is intriguing because he is truly a draft and develop player where you you don't want to put him on the field right away he he needs more reps he needs time but as you mentioned the arm talent is off the charts good and and he's big he's 6'5 220 I and mean, he he moves like an NFL quarterback he makes all the throws that you want so if you are a team, as you mentioned, where you don't need him right away, the value could be exceptional, where in three years we could be talking about Davis Mills as one of the best quarterbacks out of this class. He has that type of talent. It's just a matter of with more experience, can you – what are we going to see with more experience even? It's just trying to even find, you know, okay, what are – errors that we can fix, what are some of the things that he's just – this is just who he is, those aren't going to change. So there's a lot of unknowns there, which makes him a really fun prospect. It
0: is. Matt Miller is with me here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The The thing that I've learned as I have gotten going through the, all these players – is that I think sometimes we look at this as though, well, if you don't get one of the really high-profile guys going right at the beginning of the first round, you're done. We didn't get a quarterback, and the reality is half the league is made up of quarterbacks who weren't taken then. <laughs> right? And that, that's 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 right. the reality of this. If you told, if I said to you right now, five years from now, the best quarterback who was drafted this month is going to be Davis Mills. I wouldn't find that to be all that surprising. And I think most people, not only because I've studied it as much as I have, where I think most people haven't even heard his name around the country, and that's the fun of this. All right, Matt, let me get a few things into you That while I have you here. I think people know the names of, of three receivers in this draft. They know the two guys from Alabama, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, and they know Jamar Chase, who opted out last year but was the Blutnikoff winner and just a megastar on the LSU team that won the championship two years ago. After those three guys, who's the wide receiver? Every fan listening to this conversation should be over the moon if their team takes him.
2: Yeah, I think Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. And he is not the biggest player. You know, that's the, the key with Elijah Moore. He is undersized at five foot eight and, five eighths and 185 pounds. But his yards after the catch are electric. He's small but plays aggressive. He's feisty. Uh, He'll get in your face a little bit. Uh, but he is also fast enough to stretch the field vertically. So we talked about, you mentioned Jalen Waddell. He's this great deep threat. and He's this great yards-after-catch player. If your team misses out on Jalen Waddell, Elijah Moore is the consolation prize that you want to get. And like last year, Justin Jefferson was the fifth receiver drafted. He ended up being the best one. Some of that was based on where he ended with the Minnesota Vikings. That scheme fit was great for him. I think Elijah Moore, if he gets to a team like the Buffalo Bills late first round, where they have a Stephon Diggs, they have a big-armed quarterback in Josh Allen, he, he could thrive there. So, yeah, if you miss out on those guys, you're going to be okay because there's a player like Elijah Moore sitting there late first round.
0: Yeah, he's one of several little guys, if you will, in this draft. Yeah. Tutu Atwell from Louisville and Rondell Moore from Purdue and uh, some others who are who are smaller in stature but who are really good. One more quickly, while well, I could do this forever, but one more quickly. The the top of the draft is going to be all offense. So if you, if you then got the – Whatever pick you had, take your defensive scheme out of it. You could take any defensive player in this draft. The most impactful defensive player in the whole draft falls to you, Matt. Who are you taking?
2: Oh, I'm taking Micah Parsons. I still have him rated as my number five overall player. He's six two, two forty five. He runs a four four three. He can play edge, he can play stack linebacker, he can cover running backs and tight ends. We saw in the Super Bowl how valuable players like this are. Look at Devin White, Levante David. Micah Parsons is in that similar mold of an off-ball linebacker who can actually impact the game.
0: Opted out from Penn State this year, but yes, a superstar. Again, I hope everyone is getting as much out of this as, as I have been because we all know who the big quarterbacks in this draft are. Now you're hearing about some of the other names who will be very prominent on that night. Matt, we'll do this again soon. Thank you. Have a great weekend.
2: You too, Greeny.
0: Thank you. That's Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. We will have Dan Mullen a little later in this hour. He's got three big players in this draft, including one of the quarterbacks we just talked about. But up next, what have I told you that a true superstar in American sports was doing something right now that very few players have ever done, and you are paying no attention to it? I will next, right here, Greeny on ESPN Radio.
2: Greenie, the podcast.
0: This is Greenie, and we are rolling along on a Friday. The staff and I just made a fascinating observation about Bart Scott that we will share a little bit later in this hour that I think you will find amusing. But what have I told you that a true superstar in American sports is doing something right now that very few players have ever done, and you are paying no attention to it? I am going to tell you that in exactly 30 seconds. Those 30 seconds will be spent telling you about Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24 7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1 800 Granger, click granger.com, or just stop by. The Scoop. Here comes the Scoop. Did you know that Russell Westbrook was averaging a triple-double? Russell Westbrook in Washington is averaging 22 points, 10.5 assists, and 10.5 rebounds a game. And despite that he's, the fact that he has obviously done that before, that remains an historic stat line. It has almost never been done in NBA history. It won him the MVP four years ago. And now he's doing it and you don't even realize it's happening. Let me bring hashtag Nuno into this conversation because I will give Nuno the credit. He's the one who pointed it out to me. <laughs> Nuno sent me a story that said, Greeny, are you aware of the season Russell Westbrook is having? And I said, not really. <laughs> I know that he's in Washington. I I, I I don't really have any sense of the numbers that he's putting up. I figured they were good because he always packs a stat sheet but Nuno, what should one make of the fact that this is being happened happening in almost total anonymity? That Russell Westbrook is having what, just numerically speaking, has to be considered an historically great season. Your reaction, Nuno? I think it shows you how far his star has fallen. Where we don't, I don't want to say care about it, but like we're not paying attention because he's on the Wizards. Because he had that you know rough spell with the Rockets and that didn't work. It's just like. He's almost damaged goods. And unless he gets traded somewhere else, when I doubt it, like to a major city, no one's going to check for him for the rest of his career, I feel like. It's hard to believe. It's crazy. I'm concerned about the NBA to some degree right now. This is a very difficult season for them. The schedules are so crazy. Guys are hurt. They aren't playing. They need a big postseason. They've turned the sport into a postseason sport anyway. They need a big playoffs. They need the Nets to get pushed. They need Brooklyn to go into these playoffs and not just run rampage through everybody. They need those three guys all to be playing. So they need this combination. you got to thread this needle. You need Brooklyn to be healthy, which means you need KD, Kyrie, and Harden all to be playing, which how many games have they played together, the three of them? Do you happen to know off the top of your head, Nuno, is it like five? They, they, they are never all three playing. So, you got to get the three of them playing. They need to be healthy, and then they need not to just sweep everybody. They need it not to be what Golden State was. When they were unfairly good. They need Milwaukee to have a legendary series with them. Philly to have a legendary series with them. Someone else, Miami, whoever you want to rise up and have a great series. You need that. You need to see those three guys have to be great to win. And then in the West, they need people east of the Mississippi to get excited about Utah and Phoenix. Let's see how it goes. They've played seven games together, the three of them. So let's see how this works out. It's going to be a slog to get to the end of their regular season but let's see they have a chance to save it because you have a chance i think you have great stars you have a chance to have a great postseason let's hope they can figure out a way to do it uh i mentioned dan mullen is coming up here but right now it's time for the list the list is what determines
2: who matters in this business I'm
0: excited about today's list. Do you know what inspired today's list? Now, I'm old enough to remember this. I don't know if everyone else is old enough to remember this. But April 9th, 1981, a Mexican star pitcher with a quirky delivery became certainly a national and I suppose international sensation. Fernando Valenzuela made his major league debut on this day in 1981. 1981. So that's 40 years ago. My God, 40 years ago, Fernando Mania was a thing. I'm telling you, it was about as big a deal as I've seen in baseball before, since, or otherwise. And so in honor of that, we have put together my list of the five great sports manias. The five players or teams that just turned into a phenomenon that just sort of rose above the regular mundane here and there, and daily business of sports. Number five. Number five is Lin sanity. Jeremy Lin. This was so short lived; it's hard to believe how quickly it went by. But from February fourth through March twenty fourth of twenty twelve, Jeremy Lin became the biggest star in the NBA. He scored thirty eight points and outdueled Kobe in a game against the Lakers. Hit a game winning three four days later against the Raptors. His run came to an end when Mike D'Antoni resigned and Lynn got hurt. In all, he played 35 games for the Knicks, averaging 14 and a half points and six assists. But in that little window, and if you were paying attention, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Lynn's sanity was the biggest thing in the sport. Number four, it wasn't nearly as big, however, as Dennis Rodman when Rodman got to Chicago. And yes, he wore a wedding dress and married himself and dated Carmen Electra and Madonna and took time off to go to Vegas and wrestled with Hulk Hogan and had an MTV reality show. All those things were true. Let me tell you, why. Rec- my never-ending recollection of Dennis Rodman in Chicago was there was a men's store called Bigsby and Crothers in Chicago, which is where everybody who had money shopped. I aspired to shop there when I was a kid reporter in Chicago. I couldn't afford to shop at Bigsby and Crothers. And Bigsby and Crothers put this big billboard, this big sign, this big picture of Rodman on the the highway on the Kennedy Expressway coming into the city. And it destroyed traffic. People were stopping and taking pictures, literally stopping their car on the expressway to take pictures of the Rodman billboard. It was that kind of epic. And candidly, it was excruciating because traffic is already a nightmare on the Kennedy. And that only made it worse. But Dennis Rodman, when I tell you, Rodman, when he gets to Chicago in 96, that was like a circus, I guess, both literally and figuratively. Number five is the Heedles, speaking of a circus, When LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh came together, that was just something above and beyond. It hadn't happened before, and it all came because of the decision. LeBron makes the decision. The decision is televised. People are losing their minds. We all remember what happened in Cleveland. These three guys, as Stan Van Gundy once famously said, they held a celebration before they held a practice and LeBron said not one, not two, not three, not four. We all remember what happened, but that just brought an unprecedented level of attention. They became the Heatles, the Miami Heat. It was a show unlike any other. Number two. And number two is Fernando Mania. Again, we're going back a long way. It's 40 years ago. It started today, but Fernando Mania, when he pitched... It's hard to explain what a big deal it was, but he had this quirky delivery and he just was, he was a a, a larger than life personality on those Lasorda Dodger teams. Fernando Valenzuela was a thing at a time when not too many things were a thing. He became a thing. Number one. But number one, I'm going to go with Tebow mania, Tebow time. When Tim Tebow, that one year in Denver, it just became something I've never seen before and I don't know that we'll ever see again. The attention that was paid to Tim Tebow playing quarterback that one season in Denver, I'm not sure that I can explain it. I'm not sure I can explain exactly how or why it became what it became, but it genuinely became something bigger than sports in ways that I will remain fascinated by forever. And and knowing Tim a little as I do, I will continue to always feel bad for the way that thing went. That guy never got a chance after that to try and be a quarterback. And all he did when he was in Denver, he may not have made it. always looked apart, part, but all he did was win. And that is today's green list, the top five manias in sports in honor of the 40th anniversary of the debut of Fernando Valenzuela. Up next, he's got three players to go in the first round of this draft. We'll talk to him right after this on ESPN Radio. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com/giftfinder today. That's Macy's.com/giftfinder.
2: This show is
1: sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around.
0: Greeney, the podcast. Previously on Greenie, If you are someone who likes to make a bet on some things, Justin Rose at 55 to one to be the first round leader is a sneaky, beautiful bet. How about that? We had that nailed for you earlier this week. He had a four shot lead after round one at 55 to one. Our weekly rewind brought to you by Dell For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. I am Greeny, and as we head towards the weekend here, and certainly looking forward to the NFL Draft, it is my pleasure to bring in a coach who has quite a few players whose names you are going to hear early and often when the NFL Draft rolls around in three weeks. He is the head football coach at the University of Florida. Dan Mullen joins me on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Coach.
1: Hey, great to be with you, Right? I mean, are you making those same I mean, Justin Rose is your first round pick? You might have made some money on that or the uh, you're Aren't The Jets need to call you to figure out which guy to pick if you're picking Justin <laughs> Rose as the first-round leader at the Masters. Right
0: that is very well played, Coach, yes. Uh, every now and again, you know, <laughs> what is the adage about a stopped clock being right twice a day, whatever it is? I finally had that pick right. And, and I'll tell you what, if the Jets, if they had done what I wanted them to do, they would have traded, the, the, they would have made some other wheeling and dealing, kept Sam Darnold, and they would have taken your tight end, Kyle Pitts with the second pick in the draft because to me, we're someplace up there near the draft, because as I get set to be I I've got the great privilege of hosting the draft this year, and so I've I've watched a ton of this film. Will you please describe for people who did not get a chance to see your team play a lot this year across the country? We are now hearing his name all over the place. Just exactly what Kyle Pitts is and what makes him so special.
1: Well, you know, he, he is he's a, a tight end you know, that is growing into being a tight end, if you will, still. You know, I mean, and, and in his mind, he sees himself that way, that he can be on the end of the line, he can set an edge, he can block, and he can. he's still only 20 years old, which is kind of crazy when you put that into perspective of how young he is and how he's still physically maturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But you put him in, and so defenses look at, okay, here's this tight end, and, you know, linebacker safety will fit him off the run game. Uh, but then you put him out in the pass game and use his athleticism. And at six six, two hundred and forty five 245 pounds, uh, he, he is, you know, I, I described him as a unicorn, you know, and, and he is this, he's a unicorn that's out there because he can, he has wide receiver skills, he has tight end or freaky wide receiver length and size and, um, you know, and catch radius. And you put him out, if you, if you line him up and we moved him all over the field, you can line him up to create the matchup. And if you sit there and say, okay, we're going to try to cover him with a linebacker, that's not going to work. You better have a double team him with a safety over the top. If you put a corner on him, he can jump over the top of a corner uh, or he can beat him with speed. Safety, he can run away from you if you have a big safety. And, um, you know, I know people say he's a mismatch nightmare, but that's what he is. And, and as a coach, He's one of the most fun guys you can have because he's got he's a great person, great to coach, coachable, love him his personality. and then you go into the game plan room and you there's just so many much fun you can move him around to create matchup problems. For everybody on the field
0: I believe he will be the first non-quarterback selected in this draft I don't know exactly when that's going to come it might be four it might be five or six but whenever that happens I believe he will be the first player who isn't a quarterback who is selected in this draft Greeny and the head coach uh, Dan Mullen from Florida coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17 we're brought to you by Chase next another pass catcher on your team he had 70 I've been fascinated um, diving into Kadarius Tony, so he had 70 catches in your offense this year. He is projected to be a middle of the first round player. He's a guy you get him the ball, get him get get him the ball in space, and he makes things happen. Tell everybody, tell tell the fans of the team that is going to draft Kadarius Tony why they should be excited about it.
1: Because every time he touches the ball, something special is going to happen. You know he is he is a quick full start stop stop. Start and stop electric player with the ball in his hands, you know. And, and coaches told me and said, what, "What's unique about him? He can be in the slot. You can you can put him at bat, the running back. You can move him all over the field because uh, he's a utility player. He's a high school quarterback. Uh, you know, he's still. I bet he could throw the ball eighty yards in the air. I mean, <laughs> he he can do it all. But when he touches the ball." exciting things happen. He's hard to, you know, you'd have a tough time playing tag with him in a phone booth and and touching him. Uh, He's, he's that quick and electric, but as coaches say, and the one thing that I always look at as offensive players, he can score touchdowns. You put the ball in his hands, he can score touchdowns. There's a lot of guys that he can make this catch, run after the catch. He can do this. When the ball's in his hands, he takes it across the goal line and scores touchdowns. Um, And that's one thing I'm certainly going to miss next year is, is we're, we're trying to find out now when you know you look at Kyle Pitts leaving and Kadarius Tony leaving, who's going to score touchdowns for us And uh, because both of those two guys could put the ball in the end zone.
0: They most certainly did and not only do you have to figure out how to replace them, but you also have to figure out who's going to throw them the ball because Kyle Trask, your quarterback, is another who was in this draft and is going to, oh, who knows where he's going to go, maybe late in the first round, sometime early in the second is, is the projection that we are seeing and his story is a fascinating one. For those who, who don't know it, Kyle Trask was a guy who wasn't even starting in high school his senior year of high school he shared the starting job and he managed to turn himself with your help coach and, and that of others and his hard work into a guy who was a finalist for the Heisman Trophy last year so let's start with that what does that say about him what is it in his personality that he was able to do that
1: well you know it's it's his, his character and his perseverance you know it's, he was a guy and even here at Florida he was he was a backup for us uh, and coming in, he, he graduated uh, before he became a starter here. He graduated, and I remember meeting with him. And I said, Kyle, you're you're a great player. Uh, you're definitely a starting quarterback, and you're competing for the starting job here. And you know, if 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 you come to me and say, Coach, I I I'm, I need to transfer where I'm going to guarantee to start, I'll make a call for you. I'll help you out I can. He said, No, Coach. You know what? I will be prepared at all times for the moment you put me on the field. And lo and behold, we put a, you know, we had an, he was, he was our backup and then our starter got hurt uh, and we were down two scores on the road uh, against Kentucky. And I, I looked at him and said, okay, well, you know, here, here's your chance. You've been waiting all this time for this chance. We're probably not going to run it. You got to go in the game and win the game for us. And he did, and he didn't turn back from there. And I think it shows that, you know, he's going to go into an organization that's going to be completely prepared for every situation that they're going to throw at him. He handles himself like a professional, He's extremely accurate. And, you know, I heard I, when I was on hold right there, you're talking about all these quarterbacks, all the top five quarterbacks, the top 10 quarterbacks in the draft, you mm-hmm. know, quarterbacks taking in the top 10, hit or miss. And I, I've talked to some people and I said, okay, well, I don't know if he's going to be one of the top five quarterbacks in this draft, and, and, and I can see why. There's some really intriguing guys out there. But I would fair to say 10 years from now, if you look back in this draft, he will be one of the top five quarterbacks in this draft. That would be my assessment because of his size, his professionalism and his accuracy. You know, and, and you get to the next level, he's athletic within the pocket, he can move, he can see over everything, he's six five, two hundred and forty pounds, so he can handle being in the pocket, and he's an extremely accurate, good decision maker, which you need to succeed at the next level. And uh, you know, so I think I think in retrospect, ten years down the road, people look and say, hey, he ended up being one of the top five quarterbacks in this
0: draft. I love it. I love the endorsement, and I and I love I love everything about that story. Greeny and Dan Mullen, the coach of Florida. It actually makes me want to ask you this. I, I was going to ask you a question about Dak, but I'd rather talk about because you coached, for those who don't know, he coached Dak in Mississippi State. But I actually would rather ask you about this because it's such a fascinating time in college sports right now with the transfer portal where players who in the past didn't have the option if things weren't going the way they wanted for whatever reason – to take that the take the opportunity to make a change in their situation as a coach. How has it changed things for you? In what ways is the life of a college football coach different based on the fact that players now have a freedom of movement that never existed before?
1: Well, I think it's going to change football in a, college football in a lot of ways. And I think if you look, the, the transfer portal is set up for the. The people that it really benefits, you know, a, a a guy that's been in the program for a couple of years. Hey, I'm going into my senior year, my last year. I'm going to be a backup. I'd love the opportunity to go somewhere and start, go somewhere and play. Um, that's what it's designed for. You know, I think it's going to turn into this kind of, hey, I'm a, I'm a red shirt freshman. I'm not playing. I'm, I don't want to keep working and wait another year or two, you know, like I don't want, I don't want the Kyle Trask story where I'm going to be a huge success. I just need to move and try something else. And, and I'm, I'm nervous about that of the development of college players. And, and I say this to everybody, you're in, this will be, this will be a really interesting thing. Um, I can tell you this. I think three to four to five years from now, college football will be very, very different than it is today. I don't know if it'll be better or it'll be worse. And I don't know how it's going to be different. But I would feel extremely confident saying it will be very different than it is today. Um, and it's going to be a wild ride over the next couple of years as we all try to figure this out.
0: But what kinds of ways, that, what specifically do you mean? Like what, what, what will be so different that we will have to wait and see if it's better or worse?
1: Well, I think I think you have this. I think you have the transfer portal, which is going to like so. Are some of the stories of the Caltras going to change? I think in mm-hmm. the development of the players, are saying, hey, this guy put in his time and he grew within the program. Now he's developed. He got his opportunity. Look at him, ready to to really burst out onto the scene. Uh, I, I think that could change things. I think it'll change a lot of how recruiting works, uh, because instead of signing all the high school guys now coaches are going to sit there and kind of hold some spots for transfers Mm. instead of high school guys. And, you know, you only have so many scholarship, I mean, only so many guys that you can sign in each class and you're going to sit and hold some of those. Uh, you have name image and likeness coming on board and I think that's going to have a very different, uh, approach into, uh, not what it is meant for the marketing of these, of these high-end athletes. Uh, I do think it'll trickle into recruiting a lot and I think that'll change some things. Um, so I think all of those aspects of how the game is seen perceived and, and, and functions on a daily basis will change because of, because of those, those factors.
0: That's really interesting. I, I'm fascinated to hear that. And I look forward to seeing, and we'll follow how it goes. And, and I would love to check in with you every now and again and see, seriously, you know, sort of get your thoughts on it. Cause that, that's a, that's an insightful way of looking at it. I get frustrated when I hear coaches just immediately say I'm against it. It's bad. My players may leave, you know, that, that frustrates me because I'm the parent Of one college student right now, and another who will be in college next fall, who aren't athletes in any way, because I'm their father. Um, So there's not this doesn't apply to them in any way. But I know that there were, like, for example. My daughter, who's a sophomore in college, she several of her best friends from growing up, who are kids I've known since they were five, they chose a college, they went. It wasn't a good experience for them. They transferred after one year, and and to me, it seems like there's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with a football player feeling the same way. Although I do see sort of the flip side, the potential negative pitfalls of something like that, coach. And so that's that's what I mean. It's very interesting, and I like hearing it from your side of it.
1: Uh, well, I, I appreciate it, and it and it is, it is, and it, like you said it is the transfer portal is meant for this was a bad i i didn't make the right decision i came for the wrong reasons whatever Mm. what you hope as a coach and i do and i and i know you do as a parent is it is a i'm not a superstar right now so i got to go somewhere where i can immediately be a superstar even though this was a great fit for me um that i'm not leaving i'm learning to deal with adversity i'm learning to battle through you know One of the great things, the great great lesson I think you never learn in the game of football is, you know, it might might sound a little barbaric, but you learn it young in high school. I I remember the first time it happened. You're a young player, you know, an older guy, you're doing a drill against an older guy, and bam, you get hit. Your helmet's on sideways, snot bubbles are coming out of your nose, your chin strap's unbuttoned, and here you are, this 14- or 15-year-old kid or whatever it is you're dealing with this for the first time, kind of. You have that choice where you can sit there and say, this is not for me, I'm packing it up or heading home or call my mom, I'm out of here. Or I can put my helmet, straighten it back up, tighten up my chin strap and get there and go again. That's one of the greatest lessons football teaches you in life. When you just get, bam, knocked down and your helmet's on sideways, what am I doing? Am I walking off the field and going home? Or I buckle it up up and I'm going again. Hey, I'm ready for more. Pick myself up and I'm still going. And I think that's one of the lessons. And, and you hope that it does, the transfer part, it doesn't make things easy. You know, success is not easy in life. Success is a grind. I mean, I'm sure, and you know this in, in your profession, you didn't end up where you are today, day one. You had to build up. You had to grind. You had to battle. You had to battle the ups and downs. And football teaches you so many of those life lessons. I just hope we don't make it easier for guys to to kind of, look for the easier path instead of fighting through the tougher path and, and that the transfer portals use the right way for what it's for.
0: That's a, that's a really fascinating discussion, and, and, and it's one that I would love to continue. Coach, thanks a million for this. <laughs> uh, good luck to your guys in the draft, those three, and anybody else you have there. And we will check in again. Thank you very much for the time today, and best wishes.
1: Always great to be with you.
0: Have a great day. Go Gators. All right, you too. Yeah, Dan Mullen. That was a really interesting – see, it's so fascinating to me. I'm canceling everything else I was planning on doing. I'm going to react to that because as a parent, this is so complicated. So I am the parent in this generation that we have, I think at times, I do recognize, and I I am 100% guilty of this, that we do sometimes try to make things easy for our kids, maybe easier than our parents did. And when they're little starting, I don't even know at what age, whenever it is they first start having challenges, literally maybe at you know three years old or five years old or something like that, all the way through, you insert yourself sometimes as a parent into places that parents probably frequently shouldn't be. They don't belong. Um, because you have to let them fall down and skin their knee and all that kind of stuff to use the three-year-old analogy. My wife used to say to me that I hovered over my kids when like, they were in the playground because I was afraid they would fall and hurt themselves. And the reality is that one of the ways you learn how to be a, an adult in life is that you fall and hurt yourself and you get back up again. And I totally get that. I am 100 percent on board with that. And I recognize that at times I have been guilty of that as a parent, uh, starting with the actual literal skinning of the knee and then working your way all the way through the far greater concerns and, and hardships and, and other pitfalls that come in life. And I, th- I think in this generation, we, we generally do a lot of that probably too much. And so there is such a fine line between my belief that we don't want to do that. We, we want Young people of all in all fields and endeavors to face challenges and not not just give up and change course every time they encounter something that is difficult anytime they encounter something that doesn't go the way they wanted or anticipated, and I need to couple that with my overwhelming belief, just fundamental belief that these young people should have the right to determine their own fate however and whenever they choose to and and, and for whatever reason they choose to. So it is really complicated. That's why I enjoyed that conversation. I hope you got as much out of that as I did, because, you know, sometimes life isn't quite as simple as it seems. We try and make all these issues very black and white. Well, either it's good or it's bad. Well, like most things, it is also sometimes somewhere in between. So that was a good conversation, and, and uh, it is one that we will definitely continue here. This has been a crazy week. Let me give you a moment here for some straight talk. Sure, saving money feels good. But cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels really good. Like walk-off home run in the ninth kind of good. With Straight Talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month. Up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract. All on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. I will just say this now uh, in a blanket fashion. If you need me between now and Sunday night, you're out of luck. (laughs) That's it. I've now done all I'm planning to do. There will be nothing I am doing nothing from now until Sunday night, but watching the Masters and waiting for it to come back on. (laughs) Like when it gets dark in Augusta and they're done playing, then I'll just be waiting until they start again. So that's what I'll be doing for the next couple of days. If you need me, call someone else. Have a wonderful weekend. If you're watching the golf, I hope you enjoy that. If not, I hope you enjoy whatever sports you've got going. And I'll see you back in Better Than Ever Monday on ESPN Radio.